everybody. I want to welcome you to Two Rivers Church. Come on, can we put our hands together and welcome everybody at every location? Binghamton, Cortland, Corning, and then one more time, put your hands together real good and welcome everybody joining us online. We love you guys. We are so, so pleased to be able to be with you. And how many know it is great to be in the house of the Lord? Turn to your neighbor right now. Tell them, you look good. Now turn to your other neighbor who you didn't look at and like tell them, it's good to have you too. It's good to have you too. How about that? Well, we are in a series entitled Identity. Actually, today is day number eight of the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And if I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Will. I'm the lead pastor here. And I want you to look right at me. I'm going to look right at you. And I want you to hear this. I love you. I care about you. I've been praying for you now for eight days, including this morning. We got together and we prayed at prayer one. And it is a beautiful thing to be able to seek the Lord. In fact, so if you haven't been with us during the 21 days of prayer, now there's 14 days of prayer. You can join with us right now, and you can find all those resources online. Just go to tworivers.church. And then I am looking forward to the Freedom Conference on August 27th. You can click on that at Two Rivers Church as well. Make sure to sign up right away. We're going to run out of seats, so uh, if it's going to be first come, first serve. And we're going to have to cap it out at a certain point. So we just want to make sure that you get your spot registered for the Freedom Conference. Well, here we are today starting off this new series called Identity. And the idea here is that we are discovering how God wired us. How did God make us? Now, what happens with this idea of identity, it's shaping our culture. Identity is running through everyone's mind. Who am I? What am I about? What is this whole thing about? And I want you to know that we all have a God print. We have a God-designed identity. That you and I were created and in God's image. That we have the, the physical aspect of who we are, but God's image, God is spirit, and he stamped eternity on every one of our hearts. That's how come all throughout your life, you're going to wonder, am I created for more? Is this all that there is? You can ask these questions, and every generation throughout time has asked those same questions because we are wired this way. Scientifically, you will see that they discovered what, what they say, look, this is how your brain is wired for spirituality. Now, there were, some people would say, well, that's because of an evolutionary mechanic that took place that wired us in that way, and that's why we all think this way. But the Scripture has said it all along that God has put that in us, that we are actually, God put eternity in every one of our hearts. And actually, God gives us he says some things about us that we need to adopt as our identity because the devil wants to mar your identity. The devil wants to trick you into believing that you're not who God created you to be or confuse you and, and sidetrack you from ever getting there. So here's what I want to do in this series. I want what is in you already 
to be drawn out of you so that you become fully aware of who you are, why God made you, whose you are, because you are created in God's image. And I want to help you to step into what God created you for. So today, I want you to write this down, take out your notes, right on the back side of the brochure. We don't have a printout for this week because I'm going to do, I need all the space. You're going to need all the space to work through this one. And we're going to get it done in the next 20 minutes. So today's message is entitled, Dream Again. Dream Again. So you're like, wait a second, Pastor, I thought we were talking about identity. And here's the reality. We are wired to dream. That God put in us the capacity to dream. Like for me growing up, I grew up in a small town. It always felt limiting. It always felt like the opinions of people in my life were stifling. Because God wrote on my heart something bigger than what people could see. God wrote on my heart something that was more than what the people around me said that I was capable of. So what I had to do is I had to decide, am I going to live down to what the people around me see or what the people around me, what their expectations are? Or am I going to live up into what he created me to be? Am I going to live up into the dreams? Am I going to live up into the capacity? Am I going to live up into what God has written on my heart? My God-shaped identity. Because God's dreams aren't just happenstance. He actually shaped you and he formed you in your womb in a way that the Bible says you were fearfully and wonderfully made. It means reverentially. And that the, that the dreams that he put in you, he actually designed you with capacity for those dreams. So oftentimes we talk about identity, we don't talk about the dream capacity that we have. Well, one of the things that happens is we begin to lose our dream along the way. You'll get discouraged. You're going to get disappointments. You're going to have delays. Sometimes the dream that God put in you can be in agony, wondering, am I going to get to the thing that God placed in me? Should I even bother? Should I even continue? Because I feel like God put something inside of me that's crazy. Like I like the story of Joseph in the Bible where Joseph was his father's favorite son. Jacob loved Joseph. And, and then God gave Joseph a dream. And Joseph was all excited about his dream. So what's Joseph do when he's 17 years old and he's already, his brothers despised him because he was known as the father's favorite son. So what's he do? He shares his dream to his brothers and the Bible says they despised him even more. That, that sometimes having a dream can create some ripples that the people around us could see us and say, no, 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 that's never going to happen, Joseph. You need to get that out of your mind. you just one of us. you just one of the 12. You're just the least of us. You're just the young punk. We got all the strength. We got all the capacity. You're the upstart 
Who, how dare you try to get ahead of us? Should we bow down to you? Should even your dad bow down to you? Oh, no, that's not going to happen. And so everybody gets agitated. And sometimes the dream that you carry in your heart can create a lot of waves. There can be disappointments. You thought, like Joseph, that you were going to get, hey, that's a pretty cool dream. Everyone's going to bow down to me. The next thing we know, Joseph is in a pit. What caught him in the pit was his dream. Is, is the response to the dream tipped his brothers over the edge. Then we're going to kill this guy. We've had enough. But it was in Joseph's DNA. It was in Joseph's God wiring that God actually, not only did God give a, Joseph a dream of the future, but it was wired into Joseph to be appointed for a season over all of Egypt. It was wired in him that way. It wasn't just a dream. It was his God design. That actually your dream, when God begins to deposit in your heart, he shapes you and he fashions you in a way. And so there can be turbulence. There can be disappointments. There can be delays. There can be discouragements. There can be all of these things that you say, oh, no, I can't dream anymore. i got to give up that dream. In the middle of COVID, as your pastor, I'm, I was getting excited. 2020, the year of vision, everybody. You remember that? Everybody's talking about 2020, the year of vision. Well, nobody saw that one coming, did they? Huh? All the prophets got that one wrong. Nobody had that straightened out. And in that, what, what you had in that moment, for me, as a pastor, I was excited. Oh, my goodness, I'm going to see the dream that God put in my heart. We're getting ready to go over the hump. We're seeing effective ministry take place. Next thing you know, we can't even meet in the building. Everybody's pivoting. People that had been clean for years and years relapsed. We watched people commit suicide. We saw kids be abused at higher rates than ever before. We saw some of the worst cases of child abuse during that period of time. We saw our culture, where our culture still to this day has been wounded by our response to COVID. The number of people, we watched people die. We couldn't go to their funerals. We had loved ones go to the hospital. We couldn't visit with them and sit with them. There were people that passed away. You couldn't say goodbye. And, and the dream that God put in your heart, you start to lose your vision. You start to lose your way. And you start saying, is this right, God? Is this the world that we're in? Is this how things are going to go? And I want to encourage you that God put it in your DNA. God designed you to dream. He designed you to believe for more. He designed you to come up into your dream. And in all of your discouragements, all of your disappointments, all of your delays can't keep you from your God destiny. So I want to encourage you to dream again. Here's what Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says. It says, now faith is the assurance of what? Of things Hope for. This is hope. There's a dream that God puts in you. There's a faith reality. That faith is like blood to your spirit. Without it, you don't live. 
and, and the conviction of things not seen. There is something that God deposits in your spirit. There's something that God deposits in your heart that you have to say, I have this thing. I don't know how to describe it all. I don't know how to fully encompass it. But there's a dream. There's a, there's a faith reality that God has deposited in me. I hope for it. I'm not just making it up out of thin air. There's something that I'm believing God for, and it's part of who I am. Now, here's what's interesting about this. Why I'm telling you to dream again. Because your faith dream is the lid for God's work in your life. Here's what I mean by that. How you see your future. How you see what God can do through you limits what God will do. So if you say, God, I, can't, I won't ever amount to anything, God will honor that. God, I, I, I can't go do that. That dream is too big for me. God will honor that. That thing is beyond me. God will honor that. That's the level at which you will agree with God's faith dream. People, can, people, I, I, I ask people, can you limit God? So no, you can't limit God. God is sovereign. He's going to move and do whatever he wants to do. And the reality is you can absolutely limit God because in God's sovereignty, he has chosen to operate and respond to prayer and faith. That faith is a limiting factor in God how, how God functions in this world. So you see this in Matthew chapter 17. You see the disciples, they're trying to cast a demon out. They can't cast him out. Jesus comes back. They say, Lord, how come we weren't able to cast the demon out? Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. He said to them, because of your, everybody together, because of your little faith. He says, truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, just the tiniest amount, like when he's saying little faith, he's saying you don't have any. You had no faith. You didn't have this God bird reality in you saying this is going to come to play, pass. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to a mountain, move from here to there. It's a pretty fantastic statement. I'm going to talk to a mountain. I could never do that. I could never say to a mountain, move from here to there. And you're right. Because you don't got no faith for that. But if you had the tiniest amount of faith for it, you would. And it would move and nothing would be impossible for you. It says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 58, And he did not do many miracles there because of their, everyone together, because of their lack of faith. So could, could Jesus have done miracles in his own hometown? Had they had the faith. The implication being had they had the faith. Had they got their belief back? Had they got their hopes up? Had they said, God, you could do this. God, I give you permission. God, I'm getting in agreement with you. God, I'm getting in alignment with you. God could do it. So number one, we are wired to dream. It is built into you. It is built into you that faith is an expression of a dream. 
that the dream in you isn't just deposited. I'm telling you right now, the devil will pervert the dream that God put in you, but he didn't put it there. The devil will twist and contort and try to get you off course, but he didn't set your course. God put it in you. It's in your DNA. We are wired to dream. It says it like this in Acts chapter 2, verse 17. In the last days, God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy that they're going to speak forth a future reality. They're going to speak forth something that's coming. There's a dream that they're going to utter forth into reality. They're going to prophesy it. Your young men will what? Everyone together, your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. That actually this is part of your spirit life. It's part of this life that God's deposited in us. That we have a faith DNA, an identity that is tied to our dream. Your dream could be the lid or it could be your platform. What you confess, what you declare out of your mouth, what you agree to, even though you got discouraged, even though it got delayed, even though just because you thought it was going to be one thing, it didn't stop. Joseph got in the pit. Then he got to Potiphar's house. He started getting somewhere. Started getting some training. And then the next thing you know, he goes to the prison. The deaths, You don't think Joseph... When he went to prison, he was like, oh, God, that's it. This is the end. That dream's never going to come to pass. That's, it's all over with. And here's the thing. Joseph, while he's in prison, he probably did. He probably got discouraged. He probably got down. He probably got tossed in sideways. But you know something? At some point, Joseph got his dream back. So at some point... Joseph dialed in to hear from God. At some point, Joseph decided, I'm going to declare the things that I see in my spirit as a reality. You know what, Mr. Cup Taster? Here's what's going to happen. You know what, Mr. Baker? Here's what's going to happen. He started to declare the thing. He didn't lose his hope in God. At some point along the lines, he got that dream back. So number two, get dreaming. Turn to your neighbor. Tell him, get dreaming. Oh, come on, somebody. Turn to your other neighbor. Say, listen to them. Listen to them. You got to get dreaming. So, so we have to get in agreement with God's faith dream for our life. Now, now, growing up in that small town feeling limited, I could have agreed with and just said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reduce my capacity. I'm going to reduce my dream. I could have gotten smaller. But I want you to do this. I want to take the next 60 seconds, and I'm going to wait. I want you to take your note paper, and I want you to write down three God dreams. Just write it down. Every person on, on that note paper, three God dreams. Now, I'm interested to see how you feel as you're writing these dreams down.
Now, I see some of y'all. You need to take your pens out and go ahead and write. You can do it. I see you. I see you. Go ahead. One, two, three. Three God-sized dreams. What dream is God giving you? What do you got to dream about again? See, now, what's happened, how many of y'all, as you're writing down your dream, you felt a little foolish? Like, this is crazy. I don't even know why I'm writing this. I could never do this. I, I don't know. You got to begin to dream. That dream is your lid. That dream, if you don't dream it, that's your lid. If you don't let what God's deposited in your heart become an expression, if you don't make it concrete, if you don't write it down, if you don't give it expression to it, how could you live into it? What happens is now at some point you're going to have to say it to somebody. You know something? I'm going to start a business. You know something? My business is going to change Binghamton. My business is going to change Cortland. My business is going to change Corning. There's going to be something that's going to come out of me. I'm going to have kids that are going to be number one in their grade. They're going to get scholarships, and they're going to go on to invent something that makes a difference. Can I get an amen, somebody? you got to begin to agree. you got to begin to declare it, that there's a God-sized dream in your heart. And then number three, you got to begin to dream bigger. Like whatever you just wrote down, whatever you said, I might be able to do this. I might be able to get there. This is what Isaiah chapter 54 verse 2 says. This is speaking about the time that after Jesus comes, he's going to purchase something on the cross. Jesus is going to go to the cross and he's going to initiate a season. Isaiah 54 is about the restoration of the kingdom. And this is what what Jesus purchased for us. And it says it like this in Isaiah 54, verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Now this is a roadmap to your future. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Anybody ever been stretched? If you're going to see that dream come to pass, you better believe it's going to take some stretching. It's going to take some enlarging. It's going to take some increase. It's going to take some, like you get into the, into the weight room, and what you are actually doing, you are stretching your muscles. You are ripping them, and you're tearing them so that they can increase. That the opposition that you are facing today, somebody needs to hear this, the opposition that you are facing today is not meant to defeat you, it's meant to increase you. That God's dream is lifting you up. That you are having the stretching, you're having the curtains of your inhabitation, it's beginning to get stretched out. And then the Bible says, do not hold back. Get dream bigger. Like how, this is a, you get to pick. How big do you want your tent to be? This is your DNA. 
This is God's dream capacity in your life. He's saying to you, you need to hear this. How big do you want it to be? How, like, you get to decide the length of your tent. You get to decide how far you're going to stretch it out. You get to decide how much territory you're going to take. You get to decide, like Caleb said, I'm going to go up into that mountain country. That's where the giants are. That's my land. They told me I couldn't have it. I waited now. I must be 80 years old, but my cane is still strong. And I'm going to get it up, and I'm going to whoop me up some giants because them hills belong to me. That's what happened to happen. He had something in his spirit that just said, this is mine. I'm going to expand it out. This is what he says. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. There's some physical activities that you're going to put to the dream execution, but God's saying, get your dream back. Dream bigger. Like, I know you've been disappointed. I know you went through some difficult times. I know things got rough. I know you got knocked down. I know there was opposition. I know that all the people around you tried to throw you in the pit. I know that all the people around you laughed at you when you said this was what God was going to do. But here's what I'm going to close with. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Now to him who is able... Somebody say he's able. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. What did you imagine? What did you write down? What did you dream? What did you say? You know what? I'm going to stretch my tents out. I'm going to expand my territory. God, I'm going to risk it that I might even dream a little more than I thought I could do. But here's what God says. Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more. I thought my tent was going to go to here. But when you start to dream, when you start to say, God, I'm going to get with this, God's going to take it past there. He's going to go beyond what you thought it was. You had the one thing stolen. You thought, God, at least maybe I could get that one thing back. God says, I'm giving it back to you double for your trouble. You're going to get repaid more than was taken. That what I'm going to do is I'm going to restore you. I'm going to redeem you. You get your hope up. You get your trust up because here's what's going to happen. It's according to his power that is at work within us. My identity is Jesus. He's at work in you. He's at work in me. That I have him dwelling in me right now. That I can dream again. I'm going to take this lid off of my life. I'm going to take this disappointment off of my life. I'm going to take this discouragement. I'm going to take this setback. It is not going to stop the dream that God placed in me. Just like Joseph, I'm going to see it come to pass. To him be all the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And then he says, can I get a good amen? Come on, amen, somebody. Let me pray for you right now. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Jesus, I pray right now for every discouraged heart, every disappointment, every person that's lost their dream. It comes with so much pain. It comes with so much discouragement. It comes with so much depression. God, I pray right now the DNA that you put in them would rise up, that our identity would begin to rise up, 
that you begin to shape something in us, right now a miracle would happen. That you'd rebirth the dreams. That not only would we have those dreams back, they'd come back bigger. They'd come back better. That God, there's going to be some people that are going to make a difference in their community. There's going to be some people that say, I'm going to make a change in the city that I'm in because, God, you put something on me that's bigger than me. I want to release that now in Jesus' name. We're going to function in all that you designed us to be. We thank you for it in your name, Jesus. Amen.